A vegan superhero is a new breed of athlete. Stronger, healthier, and driven by purpose. Vegan superheroes wage war against society's status quo and win. Vegan superheroes battle the forces of evil that profit from the suffering of others. Vegan superheroes take a stand for what they believe in and prove the haters wrong. If you ask the meatheads and clueless fitness gurus, they'll tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. Vegan superheroes inspire change, spread compassion, challenge the status quo, and fuel the revolution. Our mission is to help you become a vegan superhero. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, what's up? My name is Leif Arneson, and you are listening to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the best vegan foods for building muscle. Now, there are two main nutritional considerations to keep in mind when you are working to build muscle. For one, you need to be consuming enough calories, and for two, you need to be consuming enough protein. So let's kick things off by talking about the importance of calories. So calories are your body's main source of energy and you must consume more energy, in other words, more calories than you burn every day to achieve meaningful muscle growth. This is called a caloric surplus. And over the course of a day, a caloric surplus is achieved when the sum of calories consumed through food and drink is greater than the sum of calories that you expend through your metabolism and physical activity. So if you don't consume enough calories, you're going to really struggle to gain muscle. In simple terms, this is because your body is physiologically wired to prioritize survival over everything else. So it's going to allocate energy resources, in other words, calories, towards maintaining basic bodily functions first. Since building larger muscles ranks very low on your body's priority list, you must ensure that your body has enough resources remaining after all of your other physiological requirements have been met. So this is achieved by maintaining a consistent caloric surplus. Now, in more technical terms, a caloric surplus increases your body's ability to synthesize skeletal muscle proteins, increases anabolic hormone levels while decreasing catabolic hormone levels, and improves workout performance, which thus fuels strength progression and muscle growth. So I recommend that you maintain a slight 10% caloric surplus when you are bulking. In other words, you should multiply your average daily calorie expenditure, all the calories that you burn through your metabolism and physical activity, take all those calories, multiply by 1.1 to figure out how many calories you should be eating every day to be in the sweet spot for gaining lean muscle. While your body does need extra calories to build muscle as efficiently as possible, I would caution you against eating a ton of extra calories because those extra calories are just going to turn to body fat. Eating extra calories beyond a 10% caloric surplus is not going to help you build muscle any faster or more efficiently than just a slight caloric surplus. So if you struggle to eat enough calories to maintain a caloric surplus, then you need to really analyze what types of food you are eating. It really all comes down to the energy density of your food. In other words, the caloric density of your food. And caloric density is really just a measure of how many calories a food contains per unit volume. For example, celery contains about 65 calories per pound, while peanut butter contains around 2,700 calories per pound. So vastly different when it comes to the number of calories that they have per pound, so the caloric density is way different. Celery has a very low caloric density, and peanut butter has a very high caloric density. 
So it is important to be consuming an abundance of micronutrient-rich foods like fruits and vegetables, but if you are consistently filling up on these healthy foods, then you will probably struggle to eat enough calories to maintain a caloric surplus. I myself, I eat lots of fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables, but I sometimes struggle to get all my calories in when I am bulking. And that's why I make sure to include more calorie-dense foods in my diet, like avocados, nuts and seeds, and dried fruits like dried mango, figs, and dates. On the flip side, maybe you are really hungry all the time and easily eat way more calories than you need to maintain a slight caloric surplus. In that case, you can fill up your plate with foods that have low caloric densities like fruits and vegetables. So now that you understand the importance of choosing the right foods to maintain a slight caloric surplus, let's chat about the second most important nutritional concern, which is protein intake. Now, before we discuss how much protein you should be eating or what foods you should focus on in your diet, let's discuss how your body actually uses protein to build muscle. Protein metabolism begins in the stomach where stomach acids and the enzyme pepsin initiate the breakdown of protein. But while the stomach begins the process of protein breakdown and digestion, the majority of protein digestion actually occurs in the small intestine. Proteins are essentially long chains of amino acids. Enzymes from the pancreas and the wall of the small intestine break protein fragments into individual amino acids, which are then reassembled by your DNA to form new proteins in your body that make up muscle, connective tissue, and enzymes. While there are hundreds of known amino acids, only 23 of them are proteinogenic, meaning protein building. Of these 23, there are 20 that are known as the standard amino acids because these are the only ones that are biologically active in humans. Nine of these 20 amino acids are known as essential amino acids because our bodies cannot produce them. Therefore, these nine essential amino acids must be consumed from food. Our bodies are capable of synthesizing the other 11 amino acids, so we don't have to obtain those amino acids from food. The nine essential amino acids are leucine, lysine, isoleucine, methionine, phenylalanine, histidine, threonine, tryptophan, and valine. Fortunately, all plant foods contain all 20 amino acids, including the nine essential amino acids. Now, the most important essential amino acids for building muscle and burning body fats are leucine, isoleucine, and valine. These three essential amino acids are known as branched chain amino acids, or BCAAs, due to their unique chemical structure. Leucine is arguably the most important amino acid for muscle growth, acting much like a key does for the ignition of a car. The car in this case is a muscle cell. The ignition turns on the process of muscle protein synthesis, which is the process your body uses to repair, grow, and strengthen muscle fibers. Skeletal muscle is made up of long, fibrous chains containing proteins. Bundles containing thousands of these fibers make up the muscle itself. When you engage in a resistance workout, you damage your muscles, causing tiny micro-tears in your muscle fibers. Muscle protein synthesis is the process of rebuilding your muscle tissue after this damage. The damage causes your body to strain together amino acids into new proteins to repair the micro-tears. 
The damage also activates satellite cells, which flood the damaged area where they multiply and fuse onto the muscle fibers to repair them, making them bigger and stronger than before. Your body naturally repairs microtear damage by mending the torn fibers using amino acids, which are the basic building blocks of protein as we have discussed. Muscle growth only occurs when your body has enough amino acids available to repair all the microtear damage caused by resistance training. Without enough amino acids, your muscles won't heal, you won't build larger muscles, and you're also going to be more prone to injuries and muscle loss. That being said, you don't need to eat crazy amounts of protein to build muscle. So let's learn about the quantity of plant protein that you should be consuming. Although detrimental to muscle and strength gains, low-protein dieting is popular among vegans and might be single-handedly responsible for the misconception that vegans can't build muscle like omnivores can. But if you eat an adequate amount of plant protein, you can build muscle just as easily as omnivores. According to U.S. and Canadian dietary reference intakes, the recommended daily allowance for protein is 0.36 grams per pound of body weight, which is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight for healthy adults. This amount is defined as, quote, the average daily intake level that is sufficient to meet the nutrient requirements of nearly all healthy adults, end quote. This means that at a bare minimum, a 180-pound person only needs about 65 grams of plant protein per day. As long as you are eating a calorically sufficient diet, this recommendation is extremely easy to meet. However, many decades of research and anecdotal evidence proves that active people, particularly those who engage in resistance training regularly, need more protein than the average person. Studies from the University of Western Ontario, the Exercise Metabolism Research Group, and McMaster University all agree that the ideal range to aim for is 0.7 to 0.9 grams of high-quality protein per pound of body weight, which is 1.5 to 2.0 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight to maximize muscle growth. Your exact protein needs depend on the intensity, duration, and frequency of your training program. So here are my general guidelines for target protein intake. If you exercise for less than 3 hours per week, then you should aim to consume about 0.6 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day, which is 1.3 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. If you exercise between 3 to 6 hours per week, then you should aim to consume 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day, which is 1.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. And if you exercise for more than 6 hours per week, then you should aim to consume 0.9 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day, which is 2.0 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Now keep in mind that your body is most efficient at building muscle when you are lean. This is because high body fat levels reduce insulin sensitivity, which suppresses muscle protein synthesis, a vital part of the muscle growth process. High body fat levels also tend to create hormonal imbalances that inhibit muscle growth. For example, falling testosterone levels and rising estrogen levels in men. If you want to take all of the guesswork out of calculating how many calories and grams of protein you need every day, head to the vegangym.com and check out our free vegan macro calculator.
So now that we know why consuming enough calories and protein are really important aspects of a vegan muscle building diet, what are the best foods for building muscle? Well, the truth is that you can basically eat whatever you want as long as you maintain a slight caloric surplus and consume enough protein. That's the beauty of vegan flexible dieting. But I'd love to give you a little bit more direction by explaining exactly how I break up my meals. So I generally break up my plate into four quarters and start by filling one quarter with my main protein source for that meal. Protein is the first thing that I'm looking at because it's the most important part to make sure that I'm getting enough protein in my diet. So I really want to be sure that I'm allocating calories to higher protein foods first. So I shoot for around 30 to 40 grams of protein per meal and generally eat four meals per day with one or two protein shakes in between. To make your diet as potentially optimal as possible for stimulating muscle protein synthesis, you should space your total daily protein intake evenly across four to five meals per day. In a 2018 scientific review published by the renowned hypertrophy researchers Dr. Brad Schoenfeld and Alan Aragon, they write, quote, Based on the current evidence, we conclude that to maximize anabolism, one should consume protein at a target intake of 0.4 grams per kilogram of body weight per meal across a minimum of four meals per day in order to reach a minimum of 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. After I've filled the first quarter of my plate with protein, I'll fill in the next quarter with a carbohydrate source to increase my carbohydrate intake and also my calorie intake. Then I fill the other half of my plates with fruits and vegetables to pack my meals with as much nutrition as possible. I want to get plenty of vitamins and minerals and really prioritize that in my diet. If you are struggling to eat enough food to maintain a caloric surplus and you are actually tracking your calorie intake to prove that this is actually the case, that's actually what's happening, then feel free to cut back on your vegetable intake so you have more room for higher calorie foods. Even better, I would recommend a fruit and vegetable protein smoothie. It's generally a lot easier to drink your fruit and vegetables, so that's a good hack to make sure that you are eating enough calories every day while also getting in plenty of micronutrients. You can even add in some peanut butter or another nut or seed butter to your smoothie to add in more calories. So here are some examples of how I actually break up my meals into protein, carbs, and micronutrients. So for breakfast, I often have blueberry protein oatmeal. The uh, protein source in this meal is protein powder. So I make my oats and then I add protein powder. The carb source is the actual oats in the oatmeal. And then the micronutrient source are the berries that I add uh, on top and mix in. So that's one example of how I do that for a breakfast meal. Another meal that I really enjoy is uh, tofu scramble. So that has plenty of protein. And I also will generally have that with some rice or maybe some avocado toast or something. And that's kind of the same uh, method for focusing on protein, making sure I'm having a high protein food, uh, especially kind of first thing in the day, and then filling that out with uh, some other calories through carbohydrates. And I love to throw in some spinach in into something like a tofu scramble dish to add in some extra micronutrients. And you can also add in peppers and other things to really boost the amount of vitamins and minerals that you're consuming. 
Now, a typical meal that I'll have for lunch or dinner, sometimes I'll just make a meal that uh, I can have half for lunch and half for dinner. So I'll just kind of eat the same thing. And one of those meals that I generally have is air fried teriyaki tofu with rice and a salad. So the protein source is the air fried tofu, really good source of protein. The carb source is rice. And then the micronutrient source is a mixed greens salad with balsamic vinegar for dressing. Now, I don't usually use any dressings that contain oil. So I typically just use balsamic vinegar on my salads. Uh, if that's a little too acidic for you, a little too strong, then you can add in something else uh, to make it a little creamier. Uh, creamier. But um, I would generally recommend whether you are trying to build muscle or burn body fat that you stay away from oil and use that in, in uh, very serious moderation. So to be clear, I don't actually divide my plates into four quarters exactly, but I want to give you a general idea for how I break up my meals. So you should really go through and calculate your calorie and protein needs and actually track your food intake every day to be sure that you're getting as close to your calorie and protein targets as possible. I have tracked my nutrition for many years and now I'm at the point where I'm able to eat intuitively to reach my nutrition targets. But even if you've mastered nutrition and really taken a lot of time to figure out how to track nutrition, you're always going to be best off by tracking everything you eat. That's always going to be the most accurate way of doing it. Even though I can eat intuitively pretty well and I know I'm mostly on track, I know if I go through and I actually track my meals and just track every single thing I eat, I'm going to be a lot more accurate in hitting my uh, daily calorie target and daily protein intake. So that's kind of really the best way to guarantee that you're going to accomplish your fitness goals. I would highly recommend actually tracking numbers, especially in the beginning. So my favorite vegan protein sources are lentils, tofu, textured vegetable protein, edamame pasta, and seitan. If you don't like tofu, you can try tempeh. I much prefer tofu, but uh, those are kind of my top uh, protein sources when I'm trying to build protein into my diets. So soy is one of the best vegan protein sources because it has an amazing amino acid profile that is quite optimal for muscle growth. And there's nothing that you need to be worried about when it comes to soy. I've been eating tons of soy for the last seven years since I went vegan. And there's tons of research backing up why soy is not bad for you in any way. We have a podcast on that that you can check out, but there's nothing worry that you should be worried about when it comes to soy consumption. Lentils, as I mentioned, are another great source for people who don't like soy or are allergic to soy, although it is important to be aware that lentils have a higher carbohydrate to protein ratio than soy products do and some of these other protein sources that I mentioned, so just keep that in mind. There are many other mock meats like Beyond Meat, uh, Impossible Burger, Sweet Earth, Tofurky products, and many others that are made with some high-quality protein sources, and those are a great addition to your nutrition plan. They're obviously more processed and not necessarily the best when it comes to a like wholesome plant foods that are high in micronutrients, but that's definitely something that you can add into your nutrition plan. 
Now, there are some other higher carb foods that also happen to have a good amount of protein, and those are chickpeas, black beans, kidney beans, oats, and quinoa. I would consider all of those to be more carbohydrate sources than uh, protein sources. So just be mindful that you're not kind of building whole meals necessarily around all of these uh, sources of protein because they're more loaded with carbohydrates than protein. And you're, you're going to really struggle to hit your protein intake while sticking uh, at your calorie target. So that's definitely something you can add to dishes to increase the amount of protein you're consuming, but I wouldn't build your meals around those as kind of your main protein source. Another great protein option is vegan protein powder. I use that in my oatmeal all the time, like I mentioned earlier. Protein powders can be particularly helpful when you need a protein source that is almost entirely protein to boost your protein intake without adding a bunch of calories, carbohydrates, or fats. So there are tons of different protein powders that you can choose from, but I'm a big fan of protein powders that contain pea protein. Pea protein in particular is an incredible source of leucine, which as we discussed earlier, is arguably the most important amino acid for muscle growth. So what if you don't like mock meats or vegan protein powder? Can you still reach your protein macro targets with whole foods alone? Since whole foods, including fruit, vegetables, legumes, and grains are relatively higher in carbohydrates and nuts and seeds are relatively higher in dietary fats, it may take more careful planning to ensure that you are consuming enough protein. For example, instead of consuming wheat pasta, you may enjoy black bean pasta, which contains more protein. Or you may choose to eat bonza chickpea rice instead of regular brown rice to increase your protein content. Basically, it's just important to be aware of the higher protein options when it comes to whole foods and make a meal plan so you don't go over your carbohydrate or fat macro targets, which can easily occur if you are just sticking with whole foods. So whether you choose to get your protein from mock meats, protein powder, whole foods, or a combination of these is really a personal choice. Let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of protein powder, whole foods, and mock meats. So when it comes to protein powder, the pros are it's a protein source that is almost entirely protein, which adds a lot of protein without calories to your diets. Uh, protein powders can add flavor to smoothies, pancakes, oatmeal, and baked goods. It's really important that you choose the right protein powder, but I promise you there are lots of amazing vegan protein powders. You just need to find the right one for you. Protein powder is also super convenient and it can provide high quality protein um, in an isolated form, which can be really conducive to muscle growth. So what are some cons of protein powders? Some protein powders can contain a lot of artificial ingredients and sugars. That's something to be mindful of as you're choosing a protein powder. I generally like choosing cleaner protein powders, so I would recommend that you consider doing the same. Heavy metals can also be a concern, so just look into some of that testing behind the protein powders that you decide to use. And not all protein powders have an ideal macronutrient profile. Some of them are actually higher in carbohydrates or even dietary fat. So that's something to keep in mind as well. You should make sure that you're choosing a protein powder that aligns with your goals and will fit into your meal plan really well. So what are some pros of whole foods? Well, whole foods are just packed with a wide variety of different micronutrients and fiber. They're not processed and they're just really healthy overall. What are some cons of whole foods? Well, they're usually higher in carbohydrates. For example, lentils are higher in carbohydrates and they also have a good protein content. 
or they are higher in dietary fat, such as tofu. So tofu is very high in protein. It's a great protein source, but it has lots of dietary fats. Whole foods can also be more challenging to meet your protein targets for building muscle. So as I said, you have to go through and be sure that you are really structuring your diet to fit in whole foods and make sure that you are still hitting your calorie and protein intake uh, requirements. So what are some pros of mock meats? Mock meats are generally made from high quality protein sources. So it's a really great source of protein for building muscle. And mock meats are also a great option to for those looking to transition to a vegan lifestyle and want to figure out how to eat plant-based uh, while they're making that transition. It can be really easy to transition with mock meat. So you can cut out um, actual chicken and start consuming plant-based chicken and making substitutions like that. It's really good for people who are trying to transition. Um, what are some cons of mock meats? Well, they're generally more processed than the uh, whole foods for sure and some of these other protein sources that we've talked about. And mock meats can have a high amount of fat, especially from oil, which is a very poor source of calories regardless of what your fitness goal is. So I would really recommend that you stay away from oil. Having a little bit of oil in your diet is okay, but uh, it's just a ton of calories and it really provides no nutritional value in return for those calories. I believe that mock meats and protein powder can have a place in a healthy eating plan. Personally, they help me to really meet my protein target macros, and I also enjoy the taste and convenience of these protein sources, and I just use them in moderation. However, if you do not want to include any mock meats or protein powders, that's fine as well. You can still build muscle eating whole foods with some careful planning. Remember, as long as you obtain adequate protein while eating in a caloric surplus in combination with resistance training, so be sure that you're doing something to stimulate muscle growth through your exercise, then you're going to build muscle. So a slight caloric surplus, adequate protein, and resistance training, you're going to build muscle, and that doesn't really, it doesn't really matter what foods you are choosing to consume, whether they're some more processed foods or more whole foods. So that's going to be a wrap for this episode. If you found value in this episode, please take a minute right now to share this podcast with a friend or share a screenshot on your Instagram or Facebook story. We're on a mission to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives because we firmly believe that the more healthy and fit vegans there are in the world, the faster veganism will spread. So I'd really appreciate you helping the animals, the planet, and other people by sharing this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value from this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Until next time, keep challenging the status quo. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. To take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free, check out theveganjim.com. We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at theveganjim.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.